Today, we're talking about networking in the workplace. That's right. You need a network. Keep listening to find out why. Welcome, everyone, to Get to Work. I'm Kirsten Barron. And I'm Karina Hoyer. We are so very glad that you have joined us today. We're going to be talking about women and the working world. We care deeply about women in the workplace, whether you're in a leadership position, leading from where you are, working to make your workplace the best it can be, because after all, we're there a lot of our day, and we hope that you feel like you get to work. So welcome. Welcome. Get to work, Kirsten. Get to work. I am at work. Do you ever stop working? No, I don't, actually. Really? Do you work in your sleep? I, I think of things in my sleep. Don't you? Like, don't people? I used to. You wake to. up in the morning, you're like, oh, yeah, that's exact. That's what I should do. I used to think about stuff in the middle of the night, and, and it would keep me up. I hate that. Until I started writing it down. And then you go to sleep. And then I could let it go. I listen to BBC when that happens. <laughs> really? B- I put BBC on my phone. I put my earbud in, and I go to sleep with the Brits because they're just, like, relaxing and Soothing. calming. And they're talking about politics that I don't aren't as so relevant to me. Right. I mean, I care about them, but I'm not like, wow, right? So it doesn't add stress. Oh, no. and I'm just like, just and then you're out. sleep by BBC Worldwide. It's lovely. Gotta love those Brits. Mm-hmm. Damn Brits. So does social media put you to sleep? Okay, so Karina, here's the big <laughs> news for me. Yeah. I am off of Facebook. Yeah, what does that mean? I am not looking at Facebook. Like, You're done. I'm done. How often did you look at it? Mm, I looked at it every single night before I went to bed. You didn't post a lot, but you were a lurker. I'm a stalker. My kids tell me I'm a stalker. You're a stalker. I'm a Facebook stalker for sure. You were taking a lot, but not giving mm-hmm. much. I will tell you, though, the first 100 days after this current president was inaugurated, I was very much engaged on Facebook as part of 100 Days of Action. And I was accountable on Facebook for every day. So if I would take an action with regard to something I cared about in politics or government, and then I would post about it on Facebook, which was super fun. But I found that I've gotten overwhelmed with the amount of information. And I think I'm one of those people who compare, I compare myself. Interesting. And how were you, how were you shaping up? How were you measuring up? I did not have as many nice trips. Did you look I as was, good? I did not look as good. I wasn't finishing my construction project. How about the how about the pictures where people like touch up their own photos? Women our age and they don't have any wrinkles and they and have I'm big like, Bambi eyes. And see, I think that's real. I'm like, I think that is real. And I look at it and I'm like, why don't I look like that? Yeah. And then my daughter's like, Mom, this is what she did. Do you want me to do it to your photo? And I'm like, no, because that's not authentic. So you gave it up. Gave and how it up, does it feel? Done. It feels great. Freeing, actually. isn't it? It feels very freeing. I don't have anything to do while I'm standing in line anymore because I don't have social media on my phone. Oh, see, I just love Twitter. Oh, okay. Because I'm crazy about Chrissy Teigen. Who's that? Oh, my gosh, Chrissy Teigen. She's like the funniest Twitter person ever. She has a gazil- She has like some of the highest numbers of followers of anybody on Twitter. What does she She's talk about? She's married to John Legend. She has two kids. Okay. And she has she's a cookbook. I think she was a model. And then she was on, like, lip sync show where all these stars come on and lip sync these songs and see who wins. So you're on one social. You've retained Twitter just to retained listen to Twitter. her. I have. I follow Chrissy Teigen. I follow Sean White. Uh-huh. I follow Richard Sherman. Yeah? Yeah. I follow Donna Brazil. Do you have a Twitter? Hell no. You're, again, stalking. 
I don't even know what I would say to people. I'm gonna. We're gonna. I'm gonna feed you a hundred different tweets, and you're gonna have to start tweeting them out. I'm just tweet them out because I don't have a Twitter. Account. You don't Twitter at all. I have no. I'm total. You social don't Twitter media. tweet. No, and in Facebook. fact, so so I'll stalk now on on Facebook, and I do have Instagram, but I only have like seventeen friends. It's the like, it's what I wish Facebook had remained for me. But instead, social media became my professional network. So for oh. a long time, I said yes to anybody who requested, and I, that's how I kept track of, in a lot of ways, what was going on in the community or issues or what people were mm -hmm. saying about the issues that I was working on. And it just got out of hand. And I looked at it recently. I think it had, I don't know, a couple, four glasses of whiskey and uh -huh. decided that half of the people I wanted to unfriend. But and you I, can't unfriend them. Oh, totally. I wiped them all off. I just you completely, unfriended I, them. I a whole bunch of people, and then I stopped, really stopped using it. So it I find it interesting that you unfriended I know. only to stop using it for people. Like, I'm going to unfriend you, but I'm not even going to use it. So what does it even matter? I'm psycho, and you know it. But the <laughs> point is, it's interesting because we're talking about social media, and social media is, and, and today's episode is about networking. And it does seem like social media is one of those ways that, and I'm going to put air quotes up there, people can network. Yes. Right? You can, and, you know, there are even networking sites, professional networking sites. And you, to hear you and I talk, neither one of us are maximizing, in fact, we're minimizing our use of those. And I wonder if that's a luxury because of where we are in our career. I think it may be a luxury because of where we are in our career, but I have to tell you, like, I have never found social media as an authentic way to interact with people. And for me, networking is about some kind of authentic connection. Right. Not necessarily, it might be around work or a project or some new information that comes out or something new that's happening in the law or in the community. So for me, that's where I find networking to be authentic and enjoyable. It works for me. Right. And that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about networking. Yeah, we're talking about why is it important? How do you do it? My God, how, how do you brace yourself for it if you're like me or like the me of a few years ago? How do you even stomach it and get out the door and start to do it? Which is, and I think it's a kind of an interesting thing to explore. So what, why do we, why do we want to network? Why do women especially want to network? But why is networking important for your job? So here are some interesting factoids, as I like to say, some interesting information for you to consider at home as we talk about this topic. So 70% of people in 2016 were hired at a company where they actually already had a connection. 70%. That's insane. Yep. Are that's you your networking. Yep. Somebody you know, somebody you run into, somebody who's a friend, whatever. 70% of people find a job where they have a connection already at that company. So if you're going for a job and you don't know anybody at the, if you don't have a connection at the company, you only have a 30% chance of actually getting hired. I think we can extrapolate that. Yeah, I just yeah, did. I think we can do that. I, I'm not sure if the statisticians would appreciate our extrapolation, it, but I'm going for it, 30%. And so here is what's also interesting is that 80% of professionals consider professional networking to be one of the core components of their success. So when people look at their career and what has made them successful or not, they view networking as a very important piece of their success. Yeah. And here's what I found really fascinating. 
35% of folks say that a casual conversation with another person has led to a significant opportunity. Maybe it was a job, maybe it was a client, maybe it was a customer, but it's really clear to me that as much as some of us do not like to engage in networking and it feels like uncomfortable and awkward and weird, it really is the key to not only your current success, but particularly your future success. It's almost like a secret trick, but 70% of people or maybe more know about it. I mean, it's like, it seems like the magic ingredient, let me say that, in in success. And yet so many people find it difficult. In fact, I know um, it's seen as a chore. And while why won't my good work just, you know, speak stand, for itself, yeah, speak for itself mm-hmm. stand on its own? Mm-hmm. Um, I've been doing a lot of networking myself, as you know. So, Karina, I want, you had mentioned this before, and you just mentioned this. So talk a little bit about how you began, like what, what you thought about networking when you first got into your career, yeah. how that morphed over time when you were the executive director yeah. of your nonprofit, and now how it is now when you're a consultant. Yeah. Right? Well, I, it's funny. When I was early on in my career, I actually got... One of my evaluation, sort of bad marks on my evaluation, was that I didn't have. I love that demerit. Bad mark. I was yes. de- my demerit on my an end for needs improvement. <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah. yeah. Mm. U for unsatisfactory. Oh, I thought that was for like you're awesome. D for doesn't pay attention. No, I just got a I just got a black check mark in the networking category. In fact, yeah, I, I was my boss continued to ask me to make connections in the community and engage more deeply outside the organization. And I thought of that as a burden. That's not my job. My job was to nurture up my staff and to work on issues and get stuff done, right? Crank some stuff out, get it out the door. So I would go through the motions of going to certain events or the gala or you know, try to shake as many hands as I could or how many business cards did I pass out at that cocktail event or whatnot. Um, but it was a struggle and I hated it. I hated it. And I consider myself an introvert. Like I'd ra- much rather be one-on-one or at home or just doing like I don't want to go interact with a million different people or 100 or 10. And so I saw that as a burden. Later, I've now come to realize that that's, you know, kind of a buckshot approach to networking in general. And what's more meaningful and, frankly, something I love doing now is making a personal connection with colleagues in my field or people in the community. And so when I was able to make that mental shift and see that it was part of my job to schedule a coffee date, go have conversations with people in the community, understand. But with people you intentionally chose. chose. You didn't just show up at a chamber of commerce event and start handing out business cards. You were like, these are people that are interesting to me, that have, I think, something of value, that maybe I have something to offer them, but you picked them intentionally. Picked them intentionally, and I will say, I didn't think I had anything to offer. I was doing it intentionally to benefit myself. These were people who I wanted to get to know, who I thought could offer me a way to advance my career or information or would align with me when I was working on environmental issues, et cetera. Now, 
as a consultant who has no, virtually no social media presence, as we've discussed, no website, poor excuse of a, you know, LinkedIn profile, I'm building a business on networking alone. On your personal connections on my over personal coffee connection. or lunch or whatever. Yeah. That is the only way, and I have work, miraculously, or not. It's it's really interesting. So I've called upon, now after 20 years of working in a field, I've called upon the people who have seen my work, who can speak to my work, who, have engaged, who I have engaged with, and who I think are interesting. And that is the single most effective way for me to build my business. And you like it. And I like it. And in fact, now every day, I have a commitment to do something every single day that's, that, I, that I consider networking, something every single day that will advance my business. I take the weekends off. I mean, every single work day. Every single work day, you just every find someone to talk to. single waking hour. No, every single work day, it's um, people who are doing the same work I'm trying to do and I want to learn from them. It's potential colleagues or potential clients. It's former clients mm -hmm. or connections. And it's really, it's working. So my perspective has really shifted over the last so 20 years. So because your perspective has shifted, what do you think your results look like? When you compare your results back in the early days of, Krina, you need to satisfy this requirement on your job evaluation and get out there and network in the community versus now. I'd like to hear like what you think your results were in each of those situations. Oh, well, I think you can probably guess. Crap. Where my, you know, my results were terrible 20 years ago. How were they quantitative, qual I should say qualitatively different, though? I think it's just a, I, I'm not sure I have a quality. I have way more people in my list of connection. I have way more people to call upon to in, to engage with professionally. Do you feel like the connections that you've made using your more recent strategy are deeper yes, and more authentic? Absolutely. Like you can call on those people in a way you can't call on somebody who you drop off a card to? Yes, absolutely. And they call on me. See, I think that's a really beautiful lesson about... You don't just give somebody a card and create a connection. You really have to interact with them as a human to create a connection. Exactly. And in fact, so in preparing for this episode, we were kind of digging in a little bit like, all right, well, we have our own personal experiences. But by the way, what about you? Do you have any little or well, big just, personal Just as you are an introvert, I am a crazy, almost pathological extrovert. Yeah. So... I remember when I first started in the law, I loved the associates I worked with. They were great. There were these guys when I got to school with. They were just wonderful people. So whenever we went to an event, like an industry event, we would stand around and talk to each other because we loved each other. And our managing partner would come over and say, no, you don't get to talk to each other. Get out there and talk to somebody else. And it was such a good like lesson for me about you already have that relationship with them, Kirsten. This is not the place for you to continue to develop that. Mm -hmm. And what I've done, I think, is just what I find internally to be authentic. I love people. I love their story. I love getting to know them. I created a, like a list of clients I wanted. And so that is what focused my networking was I want these 15 clients. And so I would work to find myself in situations with them so that I could get them as a client. So that in our research has been called a dream list. It's my dream list. Right. Yeah. And you had some success. Like, now what? How okay, long so has it been? It has been a, it, I have had my dream. I started my dream list 10 years ago. I either have everybody as clients on my dream list 
or I've worked opposite to them and decided I don't want them, or maybe they've changed their management and I just decided that wasn't quite the right fit for me. But I always have people on my dream list that I want. And I'm looking like when I run into them or see them, it's just a great opportunity to say, oh, that's right. They're on my list and I want them. Okay. So you build a dream list. That's mm-hmm. one tip. If you, okay, networking is important. Absolutely. You're, that's how, what, 70% of people find their jobs. 70% of people find their jobs. Yeah. You got, you can't be, the most effective networking is meaningful interactions. Yeah, I mean, I think that's really the thing. It's like you've got it when you meet with somebody. I'm sure you've done this because you and I were networking when we first met. Mm-hmm. We didn't, it was, that's how we met was really through networking and became friends first that way. And I think you have to really convey genuine appreciation. Like, I think you, I, if I, you wanted me to do something for the organization that you were working for. And we met and you did, you showed real appreciation. And I think that's a key part of networking. So when you're meeting with someone, hey, thanks for meeting with me. I really appreciate this conversation. And you know, and I know you're networking because it's about you, but honestly, make it about them. Make it about them. Ask them questions, mm-hmm. be genuinely curious, pick yeah. up the tab, my gosh. Yeah. yeah, pick up the tab, ask questions about them. It's not an opportunity to showcase how great you are. It's an opportunity to make a connection. So I always find when people sit down with me and brag about who they are, I tend to think the opposite. Right. It's the people who are kind of self-deprecating and funny and laid back about themselves and that don't take themselves too seriously. Those are the ones I'm really interested in being around again. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Can I say one of the things that um, struck me when I created my dream list was it was all women. Did you intentionally do that? It wasn't. I kind of, yeah, I think I did. No, I mean, it was a little while ago, but it was all women. And it went relatively well. You were on my dream list. I think I told you that. I love being on your dream I list. Know. I love being You're dreamy. still on my dream list. And the, um, n- not all of them went well. I mean, I tried. I tried hard to get to know. Oh, yeah. These. Let's talk about when things go wrong because that's painful. Well, it, it is interesting. Yeah. I had one woman in particular who was a very prominent person in our community, and she agreed to meet with me, and And I was really looking to her almost as a mentor. I was going through a lot of very difficult things at work and staff issues and reputational issues with our organization, and you know, she had dealt with a lot of the same things I had. And so I was talking about myself and my struggles and, frankly, the fact that I probably wouldn't be doing that job forever and i later found out that she divulged all of the things that you had all said all the inside information that i had said so that i mean that wasn't that was also choose your dream listers wisely and also choose what you share wisely i mean i think I jumped in way too fast. I divulged way too much, and I wasn't really meticulous about it. But for those other relationships where I've spent the time and energy to get to know someone, do them favors, ask them for help, be genuinely curious about their lives, I've had completely different results. Now, I don't know if we discussed this before, but I did find out that women especially have a harder time with networking. Now, isn't that interesting? And counterintuitive. And counterintuitive. Here's why. First of all, if you're at an event and if there's a man who's interested in networking for you professionally, there's a universal sort of fear or concern that the man will be perceived as trying to pick up on you. Oh, so there's a fear about how is fear. So men are saying, I don't want to schedule that coffee date or be genuinely curious about this person, this woman professionally, because she, I don't want her to misperceive. Women, especially women in top positions, recognize that there can only be a few of us up here. 
because this is this is right. We right, know there are only a few of us, right? There because a struggle to sort of ascend to those mm -hmm. higher. We have uh, not achieved equity positions. We've not achieved equity, and so women are also discriminatory. Like they aren't networking or lifting up the younger other women. the other women, and then couple that with this absence of women in middle management, mm -hmm. or well, not absence of, but you know what I mean, like a, lesser, a fewer mm -hmm. number mm -hmm. of women in middle management, that we almost have this void yeah. in the middle and so it makes it difficult it makes to it network difficult. and to so pick the people absolutely so one of the suggestions of uh, an article that i was reading and i spent a lot of time on this today because i got very curious was have women only networking circles i have a business group that's only women which i love and that's the it's really lovely it's a safer environment it's safer for you to have those conversations you can mentor one another and is your women group all people who are doing the same work no, is all in fact it's intentionally all people who are not doing the same work so there is no competition right and which i don't really understand but that's just the rule of the group you know what's interesting on networking though because i'm in my 50s and i find that younger men are very they're they are the people who approach me the most now when you talked about it's easier for men than women i thought about that immediately i'm like how many younger attorneys women. that are men or, or women am i talking to mostly men yeah and I don't think when there's such an age difference, that awkwardness goes away, right? Correct. But I will say that that was the other thing that I read was that in, yeah, women feel uncomfortable approach. Like there's just general discomfort mm -hmm. in, you know, and so women who are in positions of power and leadership need, need to, to be, be more intentional, more intentional about networking with younger women. And this is what's interesting when you're the hunted. Mm -hmm. The hunted versus the hunter, right? If you're somebody who people are wanting to be with all the time, you also need to be intentional about who you're meeting with so that you're lifting up the people you want to lift up. Yeah. Right. You are hunted. Sometimes I'm hunted. Sometimes I'm a hunter. Just a case. Well, I'm on both sides of it for sure. Yeah, I guess I am too. I think we both are. Yeah. I think if you are hunt a hunter, right? If you are somebody who is trying to actively build your network, build your network mm -hmm. and benefit fit yourself professionally in the long run. Yeah, be intentional about who you're engaging with. Either and, way. Either right, way. Either way. And, and dig in with those women. We wanna we gotta help each other, sister. We do have to help each other. Okay, so you talked about your disaster, Krina, which was getting information disclosed. By the way, I have a rule that I live by now, which is that I'm fifty four. Everything I say to somebody, I'm honestly willing to either apologize for or say, yeah, I said it. And I found it to be so liberating, just as a little side note that's totally off topic. Like when you're talking to somebody, if you say something, you either want to say, yeah, I said that, that was stupid, or yeah, I said it and I meant it, or yeah, I said it and I'm sorry. It's been a great way for me to live. I don't know why I thought that, but I was like... When people rat you out, it's a bummer. So I've just decided to just not get ratted out anymore. Anyway. Just rat yourself just, out. Yeah, exactly. I'll rat myself out. Okay, so I'm going to talk about my kind of disaster networking. And it is around this issue of women in power, right? So I was a newer attorney. And there was a woman who was a very, very successful lawyer. And because she's really smart, really good clients, really good judgment. And she just really always seemed to have like the right answer, the right way to handle things. And I remember, you know, my husband actually said, oh, you should go talk to her. She'd be a great mentor for you. And so I asked her to go out to coffee, which she agreed to do, but she wouldn't have, She may, I had to come to her house for coffee because she was working in her garden, which I thought, oh, this is super cool. She has a beautiful garden. And I said, you know, she said, well, what, what do you, why do you want to meet with me? And I said, you know, honestly, I'm looking for somebody 
that could kind of act as a mentor. I don't think I have, like, I don't need a ton of time, but it'd be great just to have an hour, 45 minutes or an hour once a month to just catch up. And I'm curious what's going on with your life and your work. And and it was so interesting. She looked at me right in the eyes, deadpan, and she said, I'm not interested in that, and I don't do that. Oh, my goodness. Right? It was like, I'm breaking up with you. But we've never had a We never had a date. I felt so (laughs) broken up with. I felt so rejected. It was a really interesting experience, and it was painful. But at the same time, I'm really glad I did it because it was super informative for me when I'm on the other end. Mm -hmm. Like, how do I deal with that with other people, and how do I treat them How do you deal with that with other people? I don't do that. Shit, I don't do that. Like, (laughs) hey, you suck. No. I just I think I'm more compassionate and sensitive about it, and I have more grace around it. I don't feel irritated when people want to meet with me. I don't. And you meet with them. I meet with almost everybody who asks me to meet with them. Not really, right? You're on the air. You don't. I do. You're going to start getting a lot of requests. No one knows how to find me. (laughs) That's right, because we don't have a social media presence. We don't have a social media presence. I don't have a Twitter. Anonymous. I'm off of Facebook. Yeah, I think you meet with almost everybody. And what what's an hour? What's a half an hour? Right. Mm-hmm. So one of the articles that I was reading in advance of this talked about keeping a list of who is in your network. So not like the importance of networking, but what do you do once you have? Who are these people? And not even just... Who are they and how do you, you know, what's their contact information, but where do they work? What was the conversations that you had? Why is it important? How do you guys, how and why do you guys connect? Uh Are you in the same line of work? Do you share some common interests? You know, just be really aware of how it is you have this connection. Yeah. One other just brief story about the power of networking. I am working with a client right now who's, uh, you know, she's an executive director who's been trying to shore up a lot of things in her organization. And just in, and just in the last several months, I've been able to introduce her to an accountant who wants to engage with her books. And you've reviewed material at least one thing on her behalf. Ooh, okay. And she is looking for someone to help to do fundraising and I'm introducing her to those skill sets too. And so I'm to the point now where I'm able to use my network to help her, to help her. And it just feels so spectacular. So I think for me, the shift from sort of necessary evil reluctance uh, mindset. Yeah. Reluctance to, I actually really like this. And now I feel like I've built a community that wants to see me succeed and who I can help succeed um, really shifted it. So I don't even, you know, networking, it just seems like, I just feel like it's community building. It is absolutely community building. And what is wrong with community? If you look at it that way and you look at it from the sense of being authentic and genuine and having, you know, some interest in what somebody else is talking about, what they're doing in their lives. It, I think when you change the orientation about it, I think it really shifts what networking is. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I appreciate that you're mentoring younger people. And I love being able to have conversations on a daily basis with folks who are doing great work in the community. And I think if you, listener, have some trepidation about getting yourself out there, just take some baby steps. You know, start just... Make a phone call or ask that person who's intriguing. Think of it like Karina said, which I think is such a lovely way of saying is building your community. Yeah. Which doesn't necessarily mean people you carpool with or have drinks with. It's a whole nother set of community. You know, it's a bigger, it's a bigger view of who is in your community. How do we help each other? Because we want you to build a network so that you can find the 
dream the dream job the position that you want the success that you want or the support you need in your current position to be successful absolutely yeah that's good i like this topic i was had a lot of trepidation actually about this topic i was like oh networking i know it's important but let's not talk about it but it really does just come down to relationships build some relationships yep and, and get and, to work right and if you fall on your face like i did slam just get up and try again yeah just yeah. be kind to the next person exactly <laughs> thanks for being here thanks for listening folks Bye. Bye. Well, that was fun. If you liked that episode, find us on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, take a look at our website at yougettowork.com. Thanks for listening. Karina and Kirsten Get to Work is recorded at community-powered KMRE 102.3 FM in Bellingham, Washington, and streaming at kmre.org. And thanks to our sound engineer, Kevin Leja. Thanks, Kevin.